Welcome to Now I See, a place where people share their eye-opening moments and how it changed the way they see themselves, their world, and their place in it. We hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by the stories you hear and challenged to see things in a whole new way, too. Sit back and enjoy this show that we've prepared especially with you in mind. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. Today's guest is Jenny Jenkins. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you for having me, Kit. Happy to be here. Jenny has a lot to teach us about gratitude. She is grateful to be chosen and adopted, not only by loving parents, but by her Heavenly Father. She is grateful for the education her mother provided, first as her homeschool teacher, and later as her teacher in Christian middle school and high schools. She's grateful for her father, a small-town preacher who taught her the Bible, the beauty and simplicity of country life, and who opened the world to her through mission trips that she took to faraway places, like Mexico, Hungary, Italy, Slovakia, Austria, England, Kenya, Uganda, and Sudan. She is grateful to be married to the only boyfriend she ever had, and 19 years later to be raising their three beautiful daughters together with him. She is grateful for her job as a customer service advocate and installation coordinator for a technology company. And she's grateful for her church family where she serves as a greeter. She loves sports, cooking, singing, and musical theater. It may sound like Jenny has had the perfect life, but she'll tell you there have been a lot of ups and downs. A thankful heart is not about having everything you want, but being grateful for everything you have. Jenny, I I see you as, well, of course, grateful, but all the things that come with that, peaceful, content, joyful, gracious, and open. How do you see yourself? Wow, Kit, thank you for those words. Um, I think the best way to describe myself, how I see myself, is somebody that once told me I'm a good thing that comes in small packages. Mm -hmm. And so I try to look at it as somebody that has been extremely blessed to live the life that she has, but also challenged. And looking at those challenges and facing them through faith and having the upbringing I had rooted in faith is what's gotten me to where I am today, to where I'm more appreciative and more aware of other people's needs besides my own. I think that's one of the things that I admire about you. So what are some of the challenges that you faced, some things you had to overcome? Um, well, I would say uh, just in the past year, if you want to talk about um, in 2021, um, my life was going great. Um, we all know what 2020 did to everybody. To everybody, exactly. <laughs> Completely the year from, oh, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I thought was the darkest time in our history. and. Sure um, going into January of 2021, my middle daughter was 10 and in fourth grade and really struggling with her dyslexia mm-hmm. and having to do Zoom for her remote learning. Ugh. And we know Zoom doesn't work for adults half the time. Why would it work for a 10-year-old? And I was at my wit's end between trying to work from home and teach my three children Zoom Ugh. at the same time. And so my parents graciously called me and said, would you like to send her to live with us for the remainder of the school year? And your mom can supervise her education at the school your mom teaches at mm. so that, mm. to ensure her success. So my husband and I prayed about it, and we said, yes, that's going to break our hearts to give up of our daughter, <laughs> especially that one, because she's so sweet and quiet and 
reserved compared to our other two that make friends really easily and you know it's going to be a challenge for her but it's for her best so delayed gratification Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so hard so she went to live with my parents and then in march of 2021 our bank account was hacked Mm -hmm. for several the last of our savings basically and so we had to fight for months to get just a smidgen of it back because they Mm -hmm. of course couldn't prove it was all fraudulent Mm -hmm. so we didn't get all of it back fast forward to may of 2021 may 6th to be exact it was my dad's birthday and I had called him that morning and told him I would call him after work to wish him a formal happy birthday. And I got a call that evening from my mom saying you're not going to be able to talk to your dad because I found him dead. I'm so sorry. It's so hard. Thank you. And um, she had gotten home from work, from teaching, and had my daughter with her. And both her and my daughter went to go wake him up from his nap. And he was non-responsive. And knowing my dad, that was such a shock to all of us because he was perfectly healthy, active, still preaching. Had actually just led a three-day revival in Mexico with pastors doing a church planning conference. And on his birthday, his 72nd birthday, God took him home. Wow. So kind of the irony of, I consider it his date of birth and his date of resurrection. Mm Mm-hmm not death because mm-hmm. as Christians we know that there's life after death and so that's why I consider it date of resurrection not date of death so that was the end of spring 2021 and I thought okay my life can't get any worse I just lost oh, never say that. Never <laughs> I know say I know I'm, I'm like oh I should not be saying this but you know what I know where my daddy is It's going to be okay. I've got my family. I've got my husband. I've got my children. We're going to be okay. About two months after my dad died, I was back in California with my mom wrapping up some things on my dad's estate. and uh, Estate, if that's what a small Mm -hmm. town pastor has. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I got a call from Texas, which was my husband calling me to tell me that my puppy dog had passed away. Mm -hmm. And so when I got home, I wasn't going to have my dog waiting for me at this point i'm beginning to think my life is a country song (laughs) for the book of job book of job country song take your pick everything is like just shattering um for me and it was like okay the dog's gone but you know my children put it in perspective of she's gone but she's with papa bear Mm. keeping him company helping him fish it's Mm. all okay we got through that then fast forward to Christmas Eve 2021. My husband and I were wrapping the last of the kids' Christmas presents and holding each other in front of the tree. And my dad's Santa hat was our tree topper. And Sweet. I was crying and grateful at the same time because I know mm-hmm. that it's not about gifts or and that my dad left that legacy that the best gift we have is our gift of salvation Mm -hmm. but I also wanted to make it a special Christmas for my girls because it was their first one without their grandpa and so many losses just so so many many. losing my oldest daughter at first and then the money part didn't really hit the kids they didn't understand all that but then the dog and everything everything was just like 
so much. So we got to make Christmas extra special, mm -hmm. you know, as best we can. And my husband looked at me and he was like, babe, seven more days and this year is over and we can start anew. Mm -hmm. And I said, sounds awesome to me. I'm ready to put this year behind us. Christmas morning, 5 a.m., I wake up to my husband screaming my name like bloody murder. And it wasn't, uh, you burned cookies for Santa or anything like that. It was a pain like I have never heard in the 19 years we've been married. I walk out to the living room and see my husband rolling around on fire. Dear God. And the house wasn't damaged per se, except for one little area where he was sitting was burned. My husband literally screamed at me to get our girls and get our dogs that we had left because he had still had two dogs, even though one was in heaven. We still had two of them and to get out of the house. And all I could think was, dear Lord, no, I cannot lose my husband. No. The same year I lost my dad, those two men are my rocks. And you're going to take this from me now here too? I'm on Christmas. On Christmas. I'm 39 years old. Mm -hmm. I am too young to be a widow. I can't mm -hmm. raise three girls by myself, especially since my other prayer warrior is already with you. Mm -hmm. And what am I supposed to do? And, you know, my girls were, I don't know if the Lord sheltered them or what, but he, they didn't see any of it. All they heard was mom saying, let's go. So they didn't think twice. They just left the house. And... My husband put the fire out himself with his body. Mm. It is a miracle he survived. No kidding. He had third degree burns over 40% of his body. Mm. And mind you, in this time that he was recovering from his burns, I was also leaving a toxic work environment, which also Ugh. is also a stressor to no add kidding. to mix so so, many, so many different things going on and he was at parkland hospital for four months mm. and it was during that time where i really learned the importance of family and being grateful and what a true friend really is when you mm. need it mm. Those are some hard lessons and to have to learn them all at once. Um, tell us about the house fire. What was the what house happened? fire? Um, what had happened was he was cleaning some electronics because he's an electronics like guru, if you will, as a hobby. And he was cleaning it down with some isoprol alcohol. And he had a candle burning nearby. Mm -hmm. And just the vapors mm -hmm. alone seeped over the candle. Oh. And caused the candle to explode into his lap. Oh, my goodness. Oh and my goodness. so his body was basically a candle. Sure. Oh, my goodness. For lack of better words. Oh and my just, goodness. and he didn't want, you know, so he was running through the house trying to put himself out because stop, drop, and roll wasn't working. It's like, come on, they teach us this in school. It should be working. But it wasn't working because of the type of fire it was. Yeah. Wow. And so when we left the house or got out the house, that's when I called 911 and they came and we had the fire out by that time. And they said, okay. And they took one look at him and they're like, you need to go to Parkland. Yeah. 
like don't even go to Baylor right down the street one mile away from your house because they're going to transfer you anyways. Right. Parkland's the best burn care in Dallas. Yep. You need to go. Um, do you want to get in the back of our truck? My husband, being the responsible man that he is, said I'm not paying $10,000 for a ride <laughs> that my wife can give me for free. <laughs> so I drove my husband oh my at 5.30 in the morning well, with our kids. Well, a lot of traffic. No, no traffic on 35. Like, oh it was the only time in like... <laughs> How did you day. hold it together? I can't even think. I mean, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm horrified, and, and this is old news. If, if that was fr- falling fresh on me... I mm. I think I just went into survival mode because you just, I'd been through so much already in I'll the year. I you in survival mode or good friends by now. Yeah. It was just like, okay, we're going to Parkland, girls. And they're like, where's that? <laughs> and I'm like, you took them me. with you? I did. I took them At with me. At that point, me. they knew what happened to their dad? They knew he had been hurt, but none of us knew how bad because of the adrenaline. Right. And everything going. And shock. And shock. So Mm -hmm. I dropped him off at the emergency room door. And then me and the girls went to go park the car. By the time we got back, he was already in a room, like, being triaged. Of course. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe he went in on his own power. (laughs) He's a stubborn, stubborn man sometimes. Adrenaline shock. They're amazing. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. And, um, you know, and he just was like, yeah, you know. And it just... None of us knew how bad it was. We thought it was maybe 10% of his body, if that, you know, um, at the time. And then as the morning went on, and I, I, I think this is God intervening because I hadn't told anybody because it was so early in the morning. It's Christmas morning. Right. 5.30 in the morning. I was going to say, who's up? Who's up? No one's up except for Santa and the elves or whatever. Finishing the last of their world. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, I hadn't even called my mom in California because she's two-hour time difference. I I, Nothing. And um, my best friend, Rebecca uh, Godson, love that woman. She's amazing. And she called me going, what's going on? where are you? And I was like, what are you talking about? Where am I? And she's like, I just got a text from your phone saying, help me, help me, help me. And it sent me a picture of your house. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause I didn't send you that, but I'm at Parkland. Dakota's been hurt and we don't know how bad yet. Me and the girls are here. So she came and picked up the girls from me so I could focus on him. And by the end of day, he was admitted that morning, obviously, right away. And by that end of that day, um, we knew that he had sustained third-degree burns over 40% wow. of his body. And that he was going to be there a long time. A long time. And, and that's a painful, painful injury it, it, to have to heal. It is. And it was, you know, from his chest down. Mm. And his face wasn't touched. And, you know, we even joked about, I mean, he and I have this relationship where we use dark humor with each other. Sometimes you sometimes just need to. have to. So, like, he got admitted to his room, I remember, that morning. And then they finally let me in to see him. And by this time, you know, he's doped up on a lot of pain meds. Good. Like, every kind of pain of medication course. you could Good. give him. And he's like, there's my wife. You know, and the nurses were like, oh, is that wife? And he's like, yes, but please tell me, how does my face look? Because he was so concerned about his face. Mm -hmm. And the nurses uh, said, son, that is one area that was not burned. Your face is intact. 
And he looked at me, looked at the nurses, and he's like, good. So I'm still better looking than my wife. Oh, oh that's awful. <laughs> and, I, and then they looked at me, and they're like, your wife, right? And I said, yes, I am. And they were like, no, sir, she still has you beat. Oh. <laughs> well, at least you guys could laugh for a moment, because the rest so, had been so hard. It was going to be for a long, long time. It was. And, you know, it was a lot of ups and downs during his recovery. Um, Christmas night. I was at Christmas dinner with my friend Rebecca and her family, Frank, her daughter mm-hmm. Grace, and their extended family. And we were at the dinner table, and Dakota's obviously in the hospital alone. And my little eight-year-old, she just looked up at the dinner table and was like, Mom, Christmas was lit. Oh, I'm like, she inherited the dark humor. She did. <laughs> and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. no, but, you know. Um, yes, but, you know, we're going to get through this. Jesus is on our side, and it's going to be okay. Mm. It was a long four months of recovery for him, but I got to bring him home at the end of March 2022. Wow. Well, listeners, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to hear more of Jenny's compelling story. As Jenny reminds us, sometimes life can be unbearably hard, And in times like that, we all need a safe place where we can go. I hope you, our dear listeners, are finding that place right here with the Now I See family and circle of friends. Here is a place where we can sit and listen, tell our stories, learn and grow, where we can be challenged, encouraged and inspired. If you feel that way about us, please like and subscribe to our show. Share this show with people you think might enjoy it. And leave a good rating and review so that others can find us too. We're so glad you adopted us into your weekly listening lineup. It feels good to belong, doesn't it? We belong to each other, and we are grateful for you. Drop us a line at NowICPod and let us know what you're grateful for. If you'd like to spread the love and gratitude, visit our website at nis.media and check out our featured causes. This is Operation Christmas Child's Big Shoebox Collection Week, the middle of the annual gift drive for Texas Baptist Home for Children, and an opportunity to give aid to families in crisis through the Isaiah 117 Project, Salvation Army, or Bridge Builders International. You'll be connected to each of these organizations when you click on their links. While you're on our site, Search the archives for tips on making holidays bright with pampered chef Margot Quinn. Or, if fun just seems out of reach because of grief, listen to the wise and comforting words of Debbie Sims and your friends at Grief Share. Now, more words from our guest today, Jenny Jenkins. before our break, Jenny was telling us about, well, she left us at a cliffhanger about her husband in the hospital and um, and moving in with friends. So, Jenny, pick up this story. What happened next? Well, um, I have a friend by the name of Rebecca that I was mentioning um, and her family, uh, Frank and Grace, and they are longtime friends. In fact, Rebecca was my husband's junior high choir teacher over 26 years ago when he was in middle school. Wow. So when I met my husband 22 years ago, and I moved here to Texas to be his wife, before we were married, I needed somewhere to stay. 
So he had called mm-hmm. her as his former teacher and said, hey, I have a girlfriend moving here. So I moved in with Rebecca the first time back in 2003 when she was still single. Uh, had one child at the time, a son named Roman, and living in an apartment. Fast forward to... Wow. Christmas and she's what I call my MFF because the Bible tells us in Luke 11 5 through 8 it's the parable of there being a friend that you can call on even at the midnight hour Mm -hmm. and they are there for you and there was a Sunday when we were in a church service together and the pastor was talking about that and we both knew at that moment we're not BFFs like the teenagers say we're MFFs we're midnight friend forever I never had somebody I could call at any time of day or night like I could her Wow. with this situation. So needless to say, when my phone somehow texted her at 5.30 in the morning, Christmas morning, without flinching, me and my children and her husband and her and her daughter all moved in together into their house until my husband recovered. That's radical hospitality. I mean, that's almost unheard of here, but that's not unheard of for you in some of the places that you've been. Um, Tell us about what hospitality looks like in other places. Well, I know, uh, for example, when I was in uh, Sudan with my dad on one of our mission trips over there, um, they welcome you with open arms, and they will quite literally give you the last of what they have so you as their guest are esteemed and taken care of and there was you know a couple different instances and one of them being a little boy coming to me one day and asking me if I would be at the same spot the next day or even the next week so he could save some money to buy me a bowl of beans and rice and have a meal with him wow so he worked hard and earned that 50 cents or whatever it was And the next week I met him at that spot and we shared a bowl of beans and rice in an open field. Wow. And it was just, he gave everything he had. And his mom was in the corner watching, of course, because, you know, here's this American (laughs) stranger, of course, you know, watching Mm -hmm. and playing with her little seven-year-old boy. And to me, that was a true definition of hospitality mm-hmm. in that culture, mm-hmm. you know. You know, another case, of course, they do the dowry system over there. And I was offered 200 cows for my hand in marriage, or rather my dad was <laughs> for my hand in marriage because I had everything they wanted. <laughs> that might be a little too hospitable. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was a little too much, but, you know, my dad was wow. on the Atkins diet at the time, and so he thought that's a lot of meat. Sure enough. And sure enough. I looked at him, and I was like, I don't mind sharing Jesus with these people, but you're not leaving me <laughs> you have to here. draw a line somewhere. <laughs> oh you know. Yeah, and so when we think about hospitality, you know, some people um, culturally, no price is too high. But Mm -hmm. I think that very often in our country, um, things aren't like that. In fact, we um, will be hospitable up to a point. You know, we don't we don't want to be too inconvenienced. And so I guess that's why this gift that uh, Frank and Rebecca gave you was so priceless. Absolutely. I, I could never repay them. For it. And I they mean, wouldn't expect you to. And they wouldn't want me to. I mean, the most that they expect is a hug every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night at church. Mm-hmm. And that is the beauty of 
what has been our friendship now for 22 years, but moving in with them, they're more family than they mm. are friends. At this point, absolutely. This point, you know, we've, Rebecca and I have said, hey, can you bring me a towel? I'm stuck in the shower, you know, <laughs> or can you, whatever. And we just, we got in this routine when I lived with them that was so God-driven and God-focused that it was what both of our families needed because when my husband mm. was in the hospital, I was still working full-time mm. and I was working full-time and then some because immediately we were without his income because of his offer office does not offer any kind of benefits i've wow. always been the one to carry the benefits wow. so immediately went from a two income household to one mm. instantly mm. and it was like whoa what am i gonna do so because i moved in with frank and rebecca it allowed me to keep up with bills at my house and then thanks to several others of my friends that came along financially to help like my friend murray and all the donors that donated at that time to our GoFundMe account to raise $20,000 wow. for us, people I didn't even know. It allowed mm -hmm. me to keep up my bills. It allowed me to help Frank and Rebecca out so it wasn't such a burden on them because they went from a family of three to a family of seven. Overnight. Overnight. And wow. my girls are growing girls. I have a 16-year-old Elizabeth, an 11-year-old Trinity, and a nine-year-old Abigail. And they're just like their mom. They never turn down a good meal. <laughs> so, so. And I'm a mother of girls. Girls aren't quiet, so no. to go <laughs> yes. yeah, from a small home to a large, loud one. <laughs> yeah, it's a real shocker. It's not easy, you know. So I, I was able to help provide meals. I love to cook. And so I, on nights where I wasn't working or at the hospital, I would work in the kitchen and mm. prepare meals for the family mm. there. And it was just an easy transition on days I had to go to the hospital because either they didn't think he was going to make it and I needed to come up and see him again or on days where he was just lonely because it was the holidays and he didn't know how long he was going to be there. No. And, and it was also during COVID. So hospital regulations right. are one visitor per day for a limited time. Sure. And luckily I became really good friends with the nurses. So they would hide me after hours so I could stay longer mm. with them. Mm, sweet. Our, our wedding anniversary was spent, you know, <laughs> watching Reunion Tower from mm. <laughs> Parkland. Mm. But um, it just all flowed. And that's how I know God was in it and how God brought this family to be my family and their hospitality. Well, I imagine that your girls learned a lot about hospitality, about what it means um, to have somebody step in in your time of need. And it probably changed the way that they interact with each other in the world. Um, learning as they did in that difficult time was was there a time that you and your girls were angry with God over the losses that you suffered I mean it was just sorrow on sorrow for so yes. long I would say definitely sorrow on sorrow and what I I don't know if my girls were ever angry with God I know they were hurt and left questioning but yeah, I don't know how you don't ask why or why me or why now. I, don't I, I still don't. do. Yeah. A year yeah. later, I'm still asking, why'd you take my dad? Yeah. I needed that man when my other man got yeah. burned, and yeah. I couldn't even call him for prayer. Yeah. Why? Um, sure so so I think I felt enough anger for all of us mm -hmm. at times. Mm -hmm. But I tried to always teach my girls in Lamentations where it talks about, you know, 
weeping mm-hmm. endures the night, but joy comes in the morning. And trying to get them to use humor and to give thanks in all things, good or bad. And it's okay to laugh sometimes if that's how it is that you need to cope. So my family has learned that and all my girls have adopted that. And so some people might think we're quirky as a family because that's how we have dealt with all the losses is just making jokes. But we also know who's in charge and it's God and our father. And that's how we survive is just relinquishing control to him because that's where it ultimately belongs anyways but you guys were certainly in free fall um, and that just had to that just had to be so disorienting and so scary at times but you knew that you were going to be caught by arms that don't fail by strong arms that would carry you um, I imagine in addition to learning about um, how to be grateful in difficult circumstances and how to be uh, hospitable you learned who your friends were I definitely did I definitely did it's a good um, thing to know it is, you know, I have, um, I always knew Frank and Rebecca and I and their family, we were always family, more mm-hmm. than friends for the last, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years. But then I but really... I mean, you really put it to the test. Put it to the test, because mm-hmm. it's hard. I mean, it's one thing to say we'll be friends forever. forever. It's another thing to show thing. it. To show up at your mm-hmm. door and be like, hey, here, we're mm-hmm. taking you in. But um, Or to show up on Christmas morning, morning. to chat all your plans and to be there for somebody else. Yes. And, you know, and that's, I, I learned um, a lot about other friends of mine um, that had always said that they would be there for me that don't necessarily have the means to, or the want, mm-hmm. if you will, to take in Mm -hmm. a woman and her three Mm -hmm. daughters Mm -hmm. but they were there for me in the forms of prayer Mm -hmm. they were there or some were there for me that in the forms of finances Mm -hmm. and whatever I needed financially to help Mm -hmm. whatever GoFundMe didn't cover Mm -hmm. they would cover the balance Mm -hmm. and Um, that boy in Sudan they gave what they had exactly Mm -hmm. and you know a widow's might yeah is exactly how it looks like and you know it, it just teaching my kids that even if you have a little it can mean the world to one person Mm -hmm. well you certainly lived that so um how did your thinking about that verse give thanks in all things how did that change because you did you found a way to do it it just became real for me it wasn't just a saying or just a verse anymore because of course as the Thanksgiving season approaches, it's really easy to be, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful mm-hmm. for my mm-hmm. job, I'm thankful for this, you know. And so this Thanksgiving for me, I am thankful for my job because I got out of that toxic work environment and now I'm in an amazing work environment. That Tell I, us what you did today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so yes, today I had my 90-day review with my manager and I'm, mind you, I'm in a completely different industry than I have ever worked in in the last 15 years and today I got a you know 13% raise congratulations thank you so needed mm-hmm, of course <laughs> still paying off medical bills of course. <laughs> probably will for a long, for a time. long time gotta win the lottery to finish paying those <laughs> <Woo>! off <laughs> um and then just and then a timeline of goals for me you know where before I've worked places where I haven't necessarily I've always been told oh someday mm-hmm. someday but then never following through but to have a manager that actually has kept his word to Mm -hmm. me 
every step mm -hmm. of these last 90 days and then told me today, okay, and then in the next 90 days, you're going to learn X, Y, Z because we actually see you as this by this time next mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. So God is good. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and restoring um, consistency in people you can trust in the, in the midst of a season when there wasn't any consistency and trust was scarce. So how gracious of God. Were there other verses that sustained you in that time? Uh, yes, there were a couple. Let me pull them out here. I had them here. Um, I know during all this um, heartache, being a preacher's daughter that lost her preacher father, mm -hmm. I have been unfairly judgmental of other churches. Because mm -hmm. my dad was a pastor in California, and so nobody was going to match. Rules are different. Yeah, yeah rules are different. <laughs> Daddy preached wearing, you know, sunglasses and Hawaiian shirts. And it's just crazy, was, kids. Was a hippie dude, you know. And um, so coming here to Texas... It's been a transition mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. church styles for me. Absolutely. And so it's been a real struggle finding the right fit. There was a couple times where I did, but the last few years, my family and I have found ourselves really struggling, watching my dad on YouTube, trying to figure out mm -hmm. what we want to do. So with all the heartache we went through last year, the Lord brought us to the church we're at now, and we started going there in March, and... It has completely restored my family. I'm so glad. And the verse that I think for that time, because that church family has become like an extension of ourselves, mm -hmm. like it's brothers and sisters and people text and mm -hmm. call. And, you know, even today I heard from our pastor's wife, hey, how'd your review go at work? Sweet. Call me. Can't. I got to go do a podcast tonight. <laughs> <What>? Sorry. <laughs> I'm a kid tonight. Sorry. Um, but the verse that came to mind when I think about my church family that got us through is a couple different ones in Psalms. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted mm -hmm. and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Mm -hmm. Because that was a very hard thing for me to set foot into a new church without my husband and not wanting to tell our story right away right. because I didn't want to be a charity case, if you right. will. I wanted to be loved for me. Good. I wanted my girls to be loved for yes. them. And then as we got to know people, begin to tell mm -hmm. about our year. Because let's face it, who believes somebody could go through that That's much? That's crazy. It's crazy. Year? Yeah. It, it it's just sounds like you're asking for a handout. Mm -hmm. and, or pity. Uh, or, or pity. And no. that's not in not our either blood. One. Yeah. And so it was like, we really want to find somewhere where it's home. I'm surprised and you didn't so. give up on church. Some people do, especially after we were all off because of the lockdowns. Um, and and um, you knew it was never going to be the same as you remembered it, but you persevered. And I'm so glad you did. I mean, I look what God did in the midst of that. He restored to you not only, you know, a friendship that was important to you, but a church family at a time when you really needed to be surrounded by people who loved you and were there to help. And they really, truly were. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody mm -hmm. has been there, you know, from mm -hmm. the beginning. And it's all love. Mm -hmm. And that's why so um, Psalm fifty-five, fourteen, is what came to my uh, mind today when I was thinking about church family and preparing mm -hmm. for tonight. And it was it says, we who had sweet fellowship together walked in the house of God together. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, these people have just taken us in without any reservation you know, and then they hear about Frank and Rebecca and their hospitality. And I think in a way it's grown all of us, I think so too. you know, um, to think beyond ourselves and beyond the end of our nose. And like, I know my oldest serves on the coffee team and that's getting her out of her shell 
a little bit to meeting new people. My little ones are obviously too little to serve, but they try. So like my middle one helps lead worship in high octane kids. And then my husband, who's normally been reserved and shy his whole life, out of the ashes, he's risen as a phoenix and mm, totally sweet. changed his personality and outlook on life. I think mm. that's really taught well, him. Because he got a second chance. He got a second chance. Mm-hmm. And, and he's off medication now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that helps. But mm-hmm. he's, um, he's just amazing. And he's serving on the online production team. And mm-hmm. like I met you, because we're both mm-hmm. readers. And mm-hmm. it's just, I think people do give up on church when things get hard. Or mm-hmm. they do the reverse and they go to church only when things are hard. Mm-hmm. And then once life gets back to hunky-dory, it's like, oh, I don't need this now. Yeah. I've survived. No, you may have survived, but are you thriving? Because yeah. that's what we were made to do is thrive, mm-hmm. not just survive. Absolutely. And not only are you able to um, be served, but it puts you in an opportunity to serve and to help others and to extend hospitality, which we do as graders. Um, and it's so I'm so excited for your girls that they're getting to see what a church family looks like, what service looks like, what hospitality looks like. It's not just words to them anymore. They're actually living it. And now they're able to process that and turn around and do it for others. So speaking of others, what encouragement would you give to people who maybe are hesitating to come back to church? I would say, look at my life, if you would, and picture it as your own. Yes, I pray none of you go through what I went through in one year. And if you do go through all that, hopefully the Lord is gracious to span it out over 10 years versus in one year. I don't know how you did it, honestly. <laughs> um, but my prayer is that, you know, my heart is still shattered. It's going to be it's shattered. it's going to be hurting for a long time. For a very, very long time. And that's okay. That's part yeah. of grief. And it's okay to have those feelings. Mm-hmm. But what you have to focus on is Jesus taking all those shattered pieces and putting them back together and making you his masterpiece complete with cracks because it's through those cracks that his light shines through and can bring hope to even the most lost and desperate mm-hmm. that's a good word that's such a good word well jenny it has been so fun to um talk to you this evening to hear your story to hear your triumph in the midst of very very difficult circumstances to hear I, the joy that's still in your voice and to um just be assured that your faith is stronger than it's ever been um so thank you thank you for your testimony well, and for sharing you. your story with us tonight <laughs> so jenny if people want to reach out to you how can they find you well i am on facebook um under the name jenny Price Jenkins, and that's Jenny with a Y. Or I'm at email galwolf, G A L W O L F, the number two, the letter K, at gmail.com. And I respond to text usually fastest during the day since I work full time. But feel free to reach out to me either which way. And I'd love to pray with you, encourage you, anything I can do to help you walk closer to your father and if you don't know your father maybe using my story to help you ask questions Mm -hmm. about your salvation and what you can do to walk with our heavenly father that is so sweet and so very generous thank you so much you're welcome Um, and friends we'll see you again next week we're so glad you were able to join us for today's compelling story you can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website nis 
www.thepodcastmedia.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise, and to Becky Salazar for our bumper music. See you next week.